Hi, I'm Nancy Lotridge Anderson. And I'm Ryder Taff. We're financial advisors for New Perspectives Incorporated, an independent fee-only financial management company. And this is Money Notes, 15 minutes of financial tips and conversations about money to help you save more, invest smarter, and live better financially. So plug in your earbuds and get your notepad ready. It's Money Notes. And today's Money Note is about our new book. Hi, I'm Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, and I'm here with my co-author, Susan McAdory of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, also of New Perspectives, my co-authors, as well as my colleagues. Hi, guys. How's it going, Nancy? So we have a new book um, about personal finance, and it's called Piggy Planet, and that is um, an acronym. And it stands for Prudent Investors Get Going Young. And the planet, even though on the front, it does have the planet Earth, right, Susan? Um, It's not P-L-A-N-E-T. It's P-L-A-N plan slash it. So let me guess. We're talking about when you're young and you're looking at the future, you need to have a plan? Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody needs to have a plan, especially when it comes to your money. Um, But you guys have been meeting with young professionals. You have a group, right? Absolutely. And uh, I think you entice them with maybe some snacks and some questionable beverages. Uh, People always come out for free food and drink. And one of the really important parts of the outreach and the events that we do is that people are often unsure about asking us about financial things because, you know, people pay us to answer financial questions. Is that why you give them something to drink to give them more courage? It helps. It does. Okay. Well, um, and we have a fun cover on this book. And, um, you know, when we think of pigs, we think of uh, saving money with our piggy banks. And so we have three piggy characters that represent each of us on the front cover. I'll let you guess who is who and all of that. Um, and um, But it, it was a fun graphic to come up with, and it stands out in the crowd. Well, we have three authors. So, Susan, how did we get started on this thing since you were really the one pushing us along? <laughs> well, it all came about uh, going through works that you had written. Uh, started with newsletters and columns that I read of yours and wanted to make available to people on the website um, so that they could educate themselves about these topics. Um, You've also been on 10 years on public radio talking about... Saying the same thing over and over and over. Saying the same thing over and over. And you've done a lot of TV segments, which I made on a YouTube channel and put out there so that people could really get to learn about these topics in very short clips so it's easy to digest. And in the process, I realized that this all came together very nicely and easily into a personal finance primer. And in the process of all of this, Ryder and I would also write about topics I wanted to make more, just more content for people. Um, So I divided it into all these easy topics about whether it's how to vet a financial advisor, how to buy a home, how much to save for retirement, what to do if you switch jobs, all, all different areas, insurance, you name it. And 
in the process, uh, it all came from three voices, and I had to meld them all to make it sound like it was and just one person. you did a great job at that. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, um, I think having you guys there, uh, you happen to be much younger than I am, uh, gives a fresh voice to it and helps young people who are just starting out because you understand their issues and what's happening. And, you know, it's kind of been old hat, even though it's been my soapbox for a long time. Yeah, so, we tried to make the book very conversational. So hopefully it'll be approachable for uh, particularly young people, but really people of any age looking to refresh themselves on a topic. Well, let's go back to one of those topics you mentioned, Susan, which is how do you choose an advisor if you need some help? Right. Or what do we do? Well, there's a lot of things to look at. Um, we often say we kind of start at credentials just because there are loads of different credentialing bodies in finance and you can actually work as an you can hold yourself out as an investment advisor without necessarily having a college degree and while you can have someone giving very good advice that doesn't have a fancy degree and doesn't have a lot of titles um, you can also get into a lot of trouble with someone Buyer who beware, really, right? really doesn't know what they're doing um, so credentials often have with them education requirements and you finance is a complex and huge field and you want someone who is well-versed in all of that and and has that backing of some sort of credential that shows that they put in that effort. So, Ryder, you and I are CFA charter holders. That's correct. Uh, chartered financial analysts. The CFA uh, Institute, uh, they aim to be the gold standard for professionalism and ethical behavior in the finance industry which you know, finance industry often gets a bad rap for pretty good reasons, but the CFA Institute is really um, kind of the fighting against all of that. And you're also a CIPM. Yes. Uh, we're a little less sure what all that means, but that is also put you're out by the- You're better at math than I am. <laughs> yeah. That, so that's a certificate in investment performance measurement. And so it's very specific into understanding where returns are coming from and how people get returns. So even when when it's very useful when looking at another manager and saying, okay, well, are they lucky or are they skilled? You know, did they- get that uh, performance just by riding somebody else's wave, or did they really do the work themselves? And it's also important to understand those return numbers, because that's how we compare investments and managers of those investments. And so you can calculate returns different ways and come up with different numbers. Exactly. And so we have standards in our business. Uh, we have CFA standards on how we uh, produce and uh, then present those numbers. That's correct. Um, Susan, you're working on your CFP. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, it's a similar type of program where you do have to study a lot of different areas of finance from, of course, insurance, uh, investment management, tax planning, state planning, um, all of these areas. And you have to pass tests after you take exams and have years of requirement under your belt. And recently they made it a requirement um, – by the CFP board, they passed that you should act as a fiduciary. So what's a fiduciary? A fiduciary is required to act in the best interest of the client instead Doesn't of... Doesn't everybody have to do that? <laughs> no. would you think they would? You would think that they would. That would seem um, like the responsible thing to do. But unfortunately, that's not true. Um, there's a lesser requirement called suitability. So instead of choosing the best option for a client, you can in instead choose something that is suitable. So it may cost more, 
um, for the client, but as long as it's suitable. Um, so that's a lesser standard than the fiduciary standard. And we've had a lot of arguments about this fiduciary standard, and it has been implemented for everyone on retirement accounts, right, Ryder? Uh, kind of, yes. Kind of, yes. Uh, we have always been fiduciaries at New Perspectives. That's and, correct. And uh, I can say the best thing that has come out of this strange word is we now have people calling us and asking, are you a fiduciary? And we yeah. can proudly say, yes, we are. We have been from the beginning. So that brings us to experience. I've been around for a long time, more than 25 years. And I know you guys are building experience. Talk about the importance of that. Well, experience lends itself in two different ways. Firstly, as financial planners, there's the life experience that we've gone through. And so can we understand what the client is going through? Um, of course, as someone who's only 30 years old, no, I don't know what it's like to retire. Um, I can discuss all of the academic literature behind it, though. Um, and another thing is how the financial markets behave. Um, I've been in the industry for eight years, so I actually did not I did not work through the great financial crisis 2008-2009, which uh, you did, Nancy. I so, remember it well. Um, so I, I, I can say I don't have a lot of experience um, on both sides there. but uh, And that goes back to the education and credentialing. So I hope that I'm prepared to deal with those situations when they come up. But the experience is not something I exactly have. Well, you bring up a good point that um, you need to have an advisor who really understands your situation. And that's why mm -hmm. I like at New Perspectives, we have... I, Someone like me, I've been around for a long time and getting a little old over here. Um, and then we have younger people who have some understanding and cr can relate to our younger clients. And uh, we also have uh, females on our staff, so we can offer all kinds of viewpoints. And we also have a male on our staff. We do. Thank you, Ryder, for pointing that out. <laughs> and he hangs with us very well. Well, Ryder, talk about one of the most important things in choosing a financial advisor, which is how they are compensated. Absolutely. Uh, whenever people ask me about another advisor, I always say, how are they paid? Um, so, for example, we are fee only. We only receive payment from our clients. So there's no we have no arrangements that would cause a conflict of interest between us earning money and our clients doing well. Some people, uh, some advisors are paid by uh, commissions on the products they sell, maybe and particularly in insurance. Um Annuities and whole life insurance, they typically have large commissions. So when there is a large commission there, you have a motivation to get that commission. Uh, when a third party product is paying you to recommend their product or recommend their service, then you have a motivation to push their product or their service. Uh, so we try to avoid that sort of conflict. I think we successfully avoid that sort of conflict. Our only motivation is to, one, keep our clients happy so that they continue to have us as their advisor and two, to grow their accounts because as people's accounts grow, then our fee grows. So that really aligns our interests. So how do we check to see if someone maybe has some problems on their record? So we're all regulated by FINRA, which is the financial industry 
regulatory authority. And so FINRA.org, you can check their background. Um, you put in a person's name, you put in a firm's name, you can come up with complaints against them, uh, how long they've been in the industry, what their education is, where they've worked. And so there's red flags like someone who changes jobs every couple of years. You know, you want your advisor to stick around. Um, if there's any complaints, that's a huge red flag because it takes a it takes a lot of effort to escalate something to the level of a complaint on that record. So if something makes it there, that's pretty serious. Now, one of the chapters in the book and one that you like to talk a lot about, Ryder, is how you should align your spending with your values. Yeah, and that's something we try to work into the book throughout the book in a lot of ways because you, we, I like to say that I can design uh, the perfect portfolio for anybody. I mean, I can design a really good portfolio for anybody, but if they're not comfortable with it, if they're not happy with it, they're not going to stick with it. And so it has to be something that you understand and something that you value. And that goes with your financial plan, uh, that goes with your portfolio, and that goes with your spending and budgeting. Budgeting is kind of a, well... I don't know. It's got a lot of letters, but it's kind of a four-letter word. People don't like budgeting. They don't want to talk about budgeting. But if instead you talk about, you know, what are the things I value? What are the things I care about spending money on? Then that's a better way of keeping your spending in check, and that'll help your financial health for uh, the long term. Well, we have other things that we talk about in the book, and Susan, you mentioned some of those earlier. Let's go back on over some of those topics. Well, we do talk about, of course, values and budgeting. Um, we talk about how to build credit and how to repair credit and how to maintain good credit. Um, we talk about how to start saving for retirement, um, how to continue building for retirement. And then once you change jobs or if you do actually make it to retirement, what to do then, um, how to roll that over or continue um, making sure that that account grows for you. Lots of good topics. And Susan, where can we buy this book? This book is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Okay, so that's our book, Piggy Planet. I'm Nancy Lotridge Anderson. And I'm Ryder Taff. And this was Money Notes. Find us at newper.com. N-E-W-P as in Paul, E-R.com. Call us at 888-831-3158. And join us next time. For money notes, New Perspectives Inc. is a registered investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. In no event shall anything said here be interpreted or construed as a solicitation to affect securities transactions or provide personal investment advice. A copy of New Perspective Inc.'s written disclosure statement is available upon request.